feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special micro episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, I just can't wait to talk to these guys. Get right down to it. We reviewed the film. We loved it. Are you ready to do it? Some typical junket ass kissery, but we did really love the movie. <laughs> but we have two very, very special guests. They have directed music videos for Manchester Orchestra, Foster the People, The Shins, Tenacious D, DJ Snake, Lil John, Moore. They are the directors of 2016's Swiss Army Man. You can check out their new film, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, which ironically did not open everywhere all at once, but it is playing in major cities like Toronto, Vancouver, New York, LA, San Fran, Boston, Chicago, Seattle, Washington, Austin go see it right now it does open everywhere on april 8th there are daniel kwan and daniel scheinhardt or you may know them simply as daniels welcome to the show guys how are you thank you wow what, a, what Hello. an introduction uh this is daniel kwan's voice in case you guys uh, <laughs> yeah. know and if and we're on youtube as well don't worry um guys it's so hard to choose kind of uh where to begin with this movie but it seems like it's been kind of a really long kind of process for you guys i think you guys shot the movie before the pandemic and now people are finally starting to see it i saw that it made over a million dollars this weekend in like 38 theaters which is incredible and i've been seeing kind of reactions on twitter and and from regular folk and like filmmakers like lily wachowski and other people so i just want to know like how are you guys feeling now that the movie's kind of out in the world and kind of the reception it's been getting just in these few kind of short weeks just a just a normal march just had a really <laughs> relaxing the way the, what I've been telling people is like um, the the night before the premiere, we had a dinner with all the cast um, who came to Austin to uh, celebrate with us, and that night was so beautiful because like we were all so happy with the movie, we didn't even care what the rest of the world thought. I mean, we obviously we cared, but it didn't matter right. to to um, encroach on the feeling that we had, which is just a lot of love for each other and a lot of just how proud we were. And so like I remember at the end of that night before the premiere, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm good. I can go home. This is this was the celebration I needed. I'm fine. Um, and then basically every single night since then, uh, it's gotten even more uh, ridiculous how how much I'm feeling. Like the the sense of pride and fulfillment and um, just it, and distraction, distraction. And inability to focus <laughs> exactly, on yeah. interviews because it's, so it's like, like the plot of the movie. Exactly. And it's, exactly. So like we are we are just like overjoyed and overwhelmed because um, we make our movies almost like inside jokes for ourselves, thinking that there will be some weirdos out there who will love it, but not expecting whatever is happening right now. Like the fact yeah. that mm -hmm. everyone, not everyone, there's some people who absolutely hate it. And shout out to you guys. Thank you for keeping us <laughs> I mean, honest. Um, but 99% of people like are are loving it and are connecting with it and are, are celebrating it in a way that we don't know how to process. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. How is it like watching it with an audience though and, and, and watching with people that are seeing it for the first time with fresh eyes? Uh, I mean, that's been one of the most validating parts of this month has been, you know, we we waited to release the movie so that hopefully it'd be safe for people to go to theaters and see it in theaters. And yeah. uh, because we were like, this is a good theatrical experience, but it's been an even better theatrical experience than we thought, you know? Um, it's, it's like a very kind of participatory movie where, you know, fight scenes end in ways that kind of like spark applause. And there's like cringy scenes that make you uncomfortable and people are like uh, shouting 
at the screen in a way it's, that like it's kind of like jackass style um shock humor but like narratively <laughs> important but it's narratively yeah. important to the characters but like yeah. but it, it's been so cathartic to watch people like laugh and shout and then cry together <laughs> and um and it and and that's a big part of what i love about the theatrical experience isn't necessarily like that it's bigger or louder than at home it's that like you're with strangers and and that makes the the journey you go on that much more memorable you know when and you if like the film is like if the film does its job you you're all bonded for life in some weird way for life like like <laughs> what i like like i like to compare it to when you're on the subway in new york and you you see someone like get onto the subway he's wearing polka dot everything he pulls his pants down and like you know pisses on a burrito that's there, you know, whatever and everyone there is bonded for life then like, because we're all like, we're all on that oh, subway i saw the polka dot guy piss on that burrito is that a good sales else. pitch exactly but yes. like Incredible. that is the theatrical experience i think chris nolan is selling it is selling right. it wrong yeah it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah film is cool but like that's that's the very small part of it it's about sitting together yes well the the jackass reference specifically with the paper, the paper cuts. cuts oh my god yeah. <laughs> that is amazing but um one thing that uh, you you touched on with sort of you know the the, the fight choreography and the in intricacies of the script are you guys thinking about the editing process as you're writing and as you're kind of putting together the story itself and when do you bring in uh editor Paul Rogers into the process yeah um so like a lot of filmmakers these days of our generation we had to learn everything because um you know there was no money to really uh, make things with a lot of people and um also everything's available on YouTube like we learned how to do everything ourselves editing sound design visual effects all of that so like in order to make ambitious work like this you have to be thinking about all those things and um, being really efficient with your time um, so yeah a lot of the editing um, happened in our heads and on the paper um, but then of course what's really lovely about uh, Paul Rogers is he's like one of the first editors who can surprise me as a director or as an editor myself you know I, I think I'm, I'm we get so frustrated working with other editors because we feel like they're just trying to keep up with us you know because we're so we have such a specific style and we know exactly what we what the feeling we're going for and so having Paul be there to um, not only uh, match us but also to be the one to kind of be the parent in the room, you know, to to like look at the big picture and really think about how it's all going to flow and 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 you know, in a lot of ways, doing a lot of the thankless work of the edit, while I get to go and just like pick the one thing I want to work on and, and just like really perfect for a couple of weeks without worrying about the fact that the whole um, machine isn't working without me. So it's a really it's a really great um, collaboration that we found in Paul and and his whole company. Parallax picture uh, Parallax post they do something different called um hive hive editing which is basically like if there's a I think they call it a swarm oh, edit. swarm editing sorry swarm, swarm. editing if, if where basically, everyone kind of takes turns on a scene or it's not even takes turns like if there's a problem scene sometimes they'll just send it to three or four people and say like just go edit it, edit it. And, and then we all come together and we watch it together and we're like oh that's really great or oh this shot I, I totally missed it thank you for finding it and we we kind of it it really is like um, a faster way to iterate and create and the fact that we all three of us edit we're able to kind of have that process and a movie like this wouldn't be possible with a traditional um director editing relationship yeah. that's awesome yeah and you guys talked about like having to learn kind of every aspect of filmmaking and i think i read on twitter that you guys said that there was only seven vfx people on the movie is that true and how is that even possible 
Yeah, well, I think there was, was like a couple roto artists, rotoscope yeah. artists somewhere that helped and on also, like a few shots. I think and... we, we should include ourselves too. So it's, it's oh not, sure, you know, okay. Nine well, there you go. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now but yeah, we we wrote it again with like our skill set in mind and, and tried to write something that wouldn't rely heavily on like blue CGI shock waves of energy yeah. too too often because um, we're like we're not good at that and it's expensive. But so a lot of the effects were kind of the scrappy, mostly practical effects we'd worked in music videos on. And then we got a team of friends who came up in music videos with us. And we were like, hey, we have a budget for our movie. Do you want to be a VFX <laughs> artist? Like, uh, if you book work, you can leave. Um, but the pandemic hit. And so everyone was like, this is all we're going to do. We're just going to sit. And, and so a small team of our friends did over 500 visual effects uh that's incredible from, from our bedrooms during the pandemic I, I will shout out that like zach stoltz our our visual effects supervisor we we've co-directed with him in the past other music videos but um he has such a brain for organization and the pipeline he created for us you know because like we had people to keep track of it all to keep track and, of and all. assign it and yeah and also just have all of our hard drives it was it was just this really um lo-fi like it felt like we were just working out of our bedrooms and garages and um it's i'm really proud of it it's it's a it's very messy you know it's very, it's got a very handmade um, yeah feel but like it's exactly what the movie needed and, and exactly you know, that's fine <laughs> yeah that's awesome um there's one thing i do want to talk about it it's kind of in a spoilery territory but i feel like I, I really need to bring it up it's not a huge spoiler but i want to talk about the incredible soundtrack so you guys got um uh, sun lux and you have people like mitski and david byrne and more on that soundtrack which is just fucking insane but hey like, don't oh. forget nine days thank nine you days. john hampson and nine <laughs> days in there uh, i randy, love that randy newman's in it um the the flutes if you hear any flutes in the in the score it's that's all andre 3000 it's just the strangest amalgamation of of, of musicians and we, we couldn't be more proud of it uh-oh uh-oh matt did you freeze Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, he froze. I think Randy Newman made him uh, too happy. Yeah. Well, it, it, happy. I mean, the, the the guy who scored the opening uh, uh, sort of show tune for uh, Cop Rock. I mean, you know, it's gonna happen, right? So. <laughs> yeah. My Zoom crashed. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh, now there's two of you in the room. This is exciting. Cool. Okay. Um, so, Matt, yes. Yeah. I was bringing up Rakakuni and Randy Newman, which I think you guys said like right as I dropped out. Um, and I just like, I love that reference. And I just, how did that conversation go? And did you guys think, cause like when I was watching the movie, I'm like, holy shit, like that's a really good Randy Newman impersonator. Like I thought yeah. like that guy's really good. And then yeah. like I even in a review, I think Eric and I were talking Best. about it and I had to Google and I was like looking up the soundtrack and I was like, oh my God, it's actually Randy Newman. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Rakakuni was probably one of the only things that has stayed in every single draft. We've written like eight drafts, if not more, and a lot got thrown away. But the very first draft... We even said Rakakuni in parentheses, voiced by Randy Newman, almost just like as, as a joke to ourselves. Like we like to write like things that we think no one else is gonna, no one else is gonna read. But um, the funny thing is, um, our manager's son, or sorry, yeah. our manager's assistant, uh, is a guy named Patrick Newman, who happens to be the son of Randy Newman. So we knew there we had it in. Yeah, and, and then uh, he helped us coordinate having Randy watch the rough cut of the movie with his whole family, and I think. 
I think his children and his wife bullied him into saying yes because they all liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, his wife said he's, she she had she hadn't laughed that hard in a really long time, and so yeah, it was it was surprisingly easy to to have him on board, and he was just a, it was yeah it was just a real treat to be able to work with a you know the Randy Newman. <laughs> That's incredible, Eric. Did you ask about? Uh, uh, your question i remember the the music oh yeah i just wanted to know like where does where does the idea or the thought process come for like finding a song like you know uh uh absolutely uh this is a story about a girl and like putting that in the movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it actually started with dan kwan accidentally writing those lyrics into the screenplay and not being sure where that had come from and be like sounds familiar i wrote the line down i'm like oh that's such a great line but i i I know that's not for me. So I I, uh, I Googled it and I was like, story of a girl. Holy shit. I have not thought about that song in decades. And yet it is deep in my subconscious somewhere. Mm. And uh, I at first I didn't tell anyone. I was like, you know what? If anyone notices, that probably means we, we should take it out. But it was almost like a, a, te- a test to see, you know, of all the dozens of people who read it will anyone call me out on it and we sent it to our entire crew all of our cast members not a single person noticed it and because uh, on the page you don't like it doesn't like ring in your ears and then as soon as you say it out loud you're like that's wait that's a, that's a song um yeah. so literally, literally the day before we were supposed to shoot that scene i like pulled shine aside and i was like okay so we need to rewrite these two lines because uh they're just straight up stolen from this song by, by nine days and uh we need to at least write alternatives or, or to figure out what else we can put in the script did we record an alternate no uh, we, we couldn't, couldn't find, we couldn't come we, up with a better one we're we like kept writing well, things yeah. the alternative is we just cut it you know yeah but uh we ended up did you hear the song itself in the movie did you spot it Eric, well, did I, you i don't well i wasn't sure if it played twice because there were two minutes where there was something that kind of connected 90s wise where it's yeah. like the outside of the one scene where i believe you're in 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 the scene coming out yes. of a, a dungeon okay, good, yeah. <laughs> one sequence when we're first introduced to uh uh the what's under the chef hat as well where it plays yeah. again yeah you're right okay you spotted them so yeah we we put it in three scenes but those are the two that the, that are the easiest to hear and john hampson the lead singer created custom versions of the song no for us <laughs> That have uh, silly lyrics. Uh, so one day, you know, those might find their way online. I love that. Um, well, thank you, gentlemen, for doing this. We really do appreciate it. In another universe, we have more time, but here we do have to wrap. So uh, thank you again, everyone. Go fucking see uh, everything everywhere all at once this Friday. If it's not already open in your city on April 8th, it is. I'm not just doing this because we're talking to you guys right now, but I, it was one of the best theatrical experiences I've had in a very, very long time. So Thank I really you. appreciate Thank this, guys. You. Amen. Cheers. Yeah. You guys have fun. Thank you so yeah, much. Take for care. Us. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much.